You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome the end-of-season post-mortem episode of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weiner, alongside Thomas Carinante. We are going to be here all off-season long talking about the myriad ways the Yankees can improve. But this past week, it was really hard to think of realistic ways that's actually going to happen this off-season. If it does, it's probably going to start with a cleaning of the house, a changing of the chairman of the board, different folks calling the shots. But you know what? Feels like another year of Brian Cashman. Feels like another year of Aaron Boone. Initial reports are both are going to come back. Should either come back, we'll dissect it. Either way, no matter what you foresee, Aaron Judge coming back, placing him. The Yankees bringing Judge back and supplementing him. The Yankees letting Judge walk. The Yankees trying to remake their offense on the fly. It will never make this series less embarrassing. This ALCS is the low point of my Yankee fandom since 2012. And we'll have plenty more time to rant, but forget about 2017 coming oh so close. Forget about 2019, the Altuve homer that I thought would be the worst it could ever feel. The door was still open after both of those moments. The door is now closed. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. And our UK listeners, again, you guys coming through strong for us. We'd love to hear from you with further questions, things you'd like us to discuss on the podcast. Anything we could do better to appease y'all. I think uh, mushy peas is the perfect side dish for fish and chips. Uh, I assume you guys do as well, but please weigh in if you feel differently. Uh, and we're not going to be doing any more live streams during the games because no more baseball games. Uh, but you can find us live on YouTube Mondays and Thursdays, 2 o'clock Eastern time. And again, through the offseason, we're going to be taking you through all the possible Yankees machinations and the way things can change. Uh, but the more things change, the more they've stayed the same these past couple of years. Thomas Carinante, welcome to the podcast. When we last spoke after game one on Wednesday night, we came to the realization, I think, at the same time, like, hey, the next time you hear from us, either like this will be a series or the Yankees will already have been swept out of the playoffs. 
uh, and they lost the same game to Houston in game one. They've lost a million times. Then they lost it again in game two. Then they lost a worse version in game three. And then the worst individual loss of the series was last night. It didn't really matter that much. They're already down 3-0. But certainly the most painful individual loss they experienced was last night. Um, But both of us kind of wanted the series over and done with, which makes you feel not good. Because you look at the Fenway Park crowd in 2004, uh, just like the Yankees did yesterday, they were forced to watch highlights of the Red Sox coming back from 3-0 down because that was someone's genius idea. And you watch that Fenway crowd and you're like, man, those people really believe they could come from 3-0 down. And meanwhile, in New York, we're just beaten down. We don't even want them to try. Tickets to yesterday's game were like 20 bucks, And I was like, I wouldn't pay that. And that's kind of an indictment on us. Yeah, it sucks to feel this way, and I will be the first to admit, I don't care if anyone calls me a non-fan or not supportive. I wanted them gone after that third loss. Um, You don't lose that game. You cannot lose that game. They lost that game in the most agonizing fashion you probably could. Zero runs, you make an error and leave the door open for Garrett Cole to make a mistake. Um, And for once, I didn't blame Garrett Cole for that. It's the playoffs. You got to, your team has to pick you up. Routine fly balls need to be caught. There can't be these kind of miscommunications. Um, and the Yankees seemingly don't, they, they never get it together. As I, I said it last night, they, they set a new standard for hell each and every year. You thought 2021 was bad? It was. It was pretty damn bad. But this bad. year, it was also bad. Yeah. This year, honestly, might be fucking worse um, because you look at, um, you look at the roster changes that were made. Um, you look at Judge's MVP season and the fact that he had 62. Um, you look at the fact that John Carlos Stanton was an all-star in the first half of the season and was one of the best hitters in the league and then completely fell off. You look at DJ LeMahieu's injury, which killed this team for months. Um, you look at the trade deadline acquisitions um, and just what could have been uh, in comparison to previous years where – um, you know, like 2021, we had the wild regressions. Uh, 2020 was the COVID season. 2018 and 2019 injuries galore. And you had other guys stepping up, so there was some hope. Um, this time around, it was just things happening at the wrong time. The roster not being deep enough to absorb um, the untimely injuries or the untimely regressions or whatever it was. And most of all, it's just the overall vibe of this team. You head into the postseason. Um, you have all the momentum at your back. You get the rest after the uh, you get the rest after the end of the regular season. You avoid the wild card series. You're tailor made. It's a tailor made ALDS for you. Two of the most mediocre offensive teams in all of baseball, let alone the postseason, are facing off against each other to eventually go up against you. And then you delay that series. Yeah, that that should have been look. I know it's hard to sweep. It's not an easy thing to sweep, but the Yankees had that entire series lined up to sweep, and they took it to the brink of five games. They put themselves in an awful position to get no rest before this ALCS, um, and you can blame MLB scheduling all you want. Yeah, Rob Manfred, don't know what the the thought process was there. Don't understand why um, that's how the schedule kind of laid out outside of the lockout issues. Um, and now, hilariously, we don't have any World Series games until Friday. So congrats to, the, congrats to the Phillies and Astros for advancing. You get to rest from Sunday to Friday yeah. after, at, you know, after the Yankees 
And it was their own fault for not sweeping the ALDS, but you can't really look into every series and go, hope we sweep this because otherwise we're going to be dead for the next round. Uh, and well, they go five. The yeah, they go five. They, they win five. And then uh, they just bleed right into the next series. That's over in two seconds. Yeah. And you look at, you look at the, you look at the other teams in the postseason, right? Even, you know, even the Mariners had fight in them. The Yankees had no fight in them. They didn't come back and win any games. Um, they left the door open. Even in the ALDS, every win that they had, they left the door open. There were opportunities for the Guardians to come back in all of those wins, and they did in one of them. And they broke the Yankees back in Game Three. Um, the Yankees left the door open in Game Two. The Yankees left the door open in Game Five. It, it, there was never a win where you just walked away and you look. Look at the Mariners against the Blue Jays in the Wild Card series. Down eight one, they fight back. Look at the Astros and all of those games against the, the Mariners. Um, look at the Phillies in every single game. Look at the Padres and the resilience against the Mets and the and the Dodgers. Both um, the Phillies and Padres overcame four nothing deficits to win a game in that series over the first four games of the NLCS. Game yeah. two in San Diego, game four in Philly. The Yankees scored four runs in the first three games of the ALCS. Yeah, and that's that's my problem with this team. It's constantly you get to the postseason and you crap your pants on the national stage, and it's every single per it's and it's every single offensive player because the bullpen largely got the job done. Um, it, it's Aaron Boone who makes the poor decisions, which we can recount as long as we want. We, we'll have a seven-hour podcast about it, um, and then it's the offense. They had the lowest batting average of anybody in the postseason. They had the most strikeouts of anybody in the postseason. Um, and their claim to fame, the home run ball, didn't show up outside of Harrison Bader. Harrison Bader. Brian Cashman was right about one thing, folks. He was yeah. right about Harrison Bader, but he was wrong about everything else. Um, so once again, my problem with this team is um, the inability to change the narrative around, you know, being a laughing stock. Um, we keep seeing these things, right, where it's like, oh, is Cashman going to come back? He's a free agent. Are the Yankees going to offer him a contract? Of course they are. But it's funny because you look at it and um, the quotes are like, uh, Hal Steinbrenner, uh, he prefers the stability of the Yankees. What's been stable since 2009? It's been three missed playoffs, three exits in the wild card, or two exits in the wild card, three exits in the ALDS, and and three emba- four embarrassments in the ALCS stability they played three different starting shortstop in this four game series there is nothing stable about this roster they don't know who's playing key positions entering postseason series they didn't have a closer in this series stability maybe four years ago but it's gone now yeah the, the 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 initial stability was the was the promise of this era um and a lot of ugly questions and you know, what could have been's are coming up with Manny Machado and Bryce Harper playing in this postseason. Um, and I, one, I, this is not a knock on Giancarlo Stanton, but the Yankees went after Stanton the year before those guys hit free agency. And look, they could have acquired Stanton and then signed one of those guys. They just opted not to. But if you're looking through the lens of the Yankees operating on a budget, which is what they do, they do not push the envelope when it comes to payroll decisions, um, despite having the financial might to do so. Um, you go for Stanton. Um, who's coming off an MVP season, but also has an injury history. And there's a lack of clarity with the his long-term viability, um, his versatility on both ends of the ball. Um, and what happens? He has a great 2018, and that's pretty much been it. 
every other year has been characterized by injuries or a tale of two seasons. And we could talk about his performance in the 2021 and 2020 postseasons. Um, and even this year, he had a solid ALDS that propelled that ended up propelling the Yankees. But then you're completely quiet in the ALCS. And the Yankees formula was to have Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton in the middle of this lineup, hoping that both of them wouldn't go silent at the same time. And now we've seen that happen. Um, we've seen, we've seen that happen when they were both healthy, obviously 2019 Stanton was only healthy for 10 innings of the ALCS um, and judge went quiet and they didn't have the, they didn't have the necessary offensive support. Um, but now you look at Stanton, who's again, still baked into the DH spot um, has a 9.2 war since the Yankees acquired him. Um, that's over 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022, which is really not that great. Um, yeah. And then you look at the fact that they passed on these other guys who wanted to be Yankees and who would have filled position needs as well. I understand you had probably a little bit of an issue with judge if you were to bring in Harper, but they moved judge to center field for half the season this year. That would, that would have never been on the table. And they have no idea if they're going to re-sign him at this juncture. They didn't sign any of these people to extend Judge, Gary Sanchez, and Glaber Torres. One of those three people has a chance to be extended. Absolutely, Gary Sanchez is about to be non-tendered by the Minnesota Twins. And Glaber Torres is certainly the leading candidate to be traded off this roster this season. So all that budgeting for future extensions boils down to one guy whose intentions are not clear at this point and who, correct me if I'm wrong, after this postseason series, the fan base isn't even sure they want back because the whole point of this thing is competing in October. And Judge in the past has been middling in October. He's had his moments. He's had his steps back. He's had his clutch doubles in the 2017 playoffs and homers. And he's had his poor series. Uh, and this postseason, all of them was sort of like, all right, you carried us in August. You carried us in September. The lineup wasn't whole. And he's the reason they make the playoffs, win the East, and win 99 games. This is the postseason where you have to make your hay and show what you're made of and lead the team because they're not going anywhere without you doing that. And he has the worst postseason he's ever had, objectively. And so if you're going to bring Judge back, which everybody still thinks is plan 1A, you can't possibly feel as confident in that move as you did a couple weeks ago because now you've seen him in the most important postseason of his life have the worst postseason of his life. And if you do bring him back, is anybody confident they're going to supplement him with anybody that makes any sense? Or are they just going to run it back next year with Judge at a hefty cost for multiple years and with the same question marks around him, with Josh Donaldson at third, with Isaiah Connor falefa getting reps, with DJ LeMayhew getting hurt with no insurance policy behind him, with Anthony Volpe at AAA and without a left holder. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, and the crazy part about us having this discussion about Judge, you know, there's, there's changes that need to be made from the top down. We're not going to get the changes we want. Brian Cashman's a free agent. He's going to be offered another contract. I think we all know that. Yeah. Um, Aaron Boone just signed a four-year contract before the start of the season, um, which was a mistake, uh, objectively a mistake. He had no managerial experience. Um, the team got the team clearly plateaued with him as manager, and the plateau was not, you know, the desired goal of a World Series. So now you look at re-signing Judge, right? I want Aaron Judge back. You want Aaron Judge back. Most Yankee fans I, want Aaron Judge back. I think I do. I think I, I do. Yeah, but, but I don't want – you You think you do because you don't want Aaron Judge back if the proper additions are not going to be made around him because no. else we're just going to be watching the same thing from 2021 and 2022, and you yeah. have – and this is where you run into the problem because the Yankees are hesitant to spend, right? They don't want to – they don't want to offer that 10-year contract. They don't want to offer that 8-year contract, but – they will take on Josh Donaldson's remaining $50 million and hamstring themselves in the short term. They will sign Aaron Hicks to a seven-year extension when he had one season that proved himself. They'll give DJ LeMahieu that extra six-year because they don't want to take the shorter-term luxury tax hits. Um, they'll give a roll to Chapman another, you know, 19 million, uh, whatever he was making, a $16 million AAV extension because they're afraid that the closer market is not going to be as good as it should have been. Um so they make all these dumb moves and then they overlook the big easy ones that they're capable of making. And now you have this problem where it's like, okay, judge probably going to make between 35 and 40 million, 45 million AAV. Um, if you were to guess on the open market, but where does that fit into this equation? You have Stanton making 32 million AAV through um, the 2027 season. Garrett Cole is here for the next seven seasons at $36 million dollars. Or uh, I'm sorry, a six season at, at 36 million dollars. Lemayhew's got four years left on 15 million dollars a year. Aaron Hicks has three years left at 10 million a year. I don't know how you're you're not getting rid of any of these guys. And the only reason that um, the the only way that this kind of makes sense, it, there's two things. It's either one, the Yankees say fuck it, we're going over 300 million, then we're going to mm-hmm. figure it out, you know, the next year because Donaldson comes off the books um, and. Uh, 
Uh, you have a few other smaller players that are coming off the books slash others you can non-tender. Um, there's so, buyout money. There's buyout money attached to Donaldson in 2024 too. By the way, yeah, the I think they're factoring out. that in. I think they managed to factor that into the AAVs over the over this year and and last year, if I'm not mistaken. Still wild um, though. It's still insane. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so you either have that scenario one where you say fuck it, we're spending 300 million dollars, we're going to figure it out. Maybe that's bringing in a Dansby Swanson. Maybe that's signing Carlos Rodon and Jacob DeGrom. I'm just spitballing. I don't support any of these things. I'm just, you, you look at the, maybe it's signing Trey Turner and kind of using him all over the place. I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking. I mean, I do know what they're thinking. They're not thinking that because that's not going to happen. And then the other option is to figure out a way to trade John Carlos Stanton because then you essentially swap him and judge's salaries. You only probably uh, add in that scenario where you get rid of Stanton and add judge, you know, between, three to 10 million on the books and then Stanton's salary being gone allows you the flexibility to add to the bullpen to add another outfielder to add another starting pitcher because don't forget you got Jamison Tyone hitting free agency Frankie Montas is an unknown commodity at this point because he's only he's only played and performed at the Oakland Coliseum and Coliseum and nowhere else um and um, I know that they say they're going to pick up Severino's uh, team option, um, but he was pissed at the team this year. What if they want to talk to him about an extension and he's like, no, I don't. I would rather just hit free agency. I, like, I don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen. We've been shocked by various things um, over the course of the last 10 years. So you literally don't know. And then you look at the bullpen. There's a million holes. Efros is not back. You know, Britton Chapman Green are gone. Um, and I know they didn't they didn't play any sort of roles this year, but those are theoretically big names to fill. Um, you don't know what to expect out of Clay Holmes. Um, the only really commodities you're comfortable with at this point are Luizaga, who has been up and down, Wandy Peralta, and I think you have a fireman in Lou Trevino, but it's tough. It's really tough to kind of look at this whole thing, and if, if the Yankees re-sign Judge, they're not getting any better. They're just staying the same. What I'm incredibly sick of was everybody thought they were making a salient point this weekend saying, you know, after the Yankees, it was after the Yankees lost game three, mostly saying like some variation on the national stage of, you know, this series is laid bare that there is a huge gap between the Astros and the Yankees. The problem isn't the Yankees lineup. The problem isn't the Yankees bullpen. The problem isn't that the Yankees have collapsed in the area. The problem is that the Astros have simply built a better team. And to that, I say, I'm sick of that. Like, you guys, it, it, people kept saying it like they were making some grand declaration. Like, no, it's not that the Yankees failed on an individual level this series or that they, you know, zigged when somebody else zagged or that Aaron Judge's ball didn't get out because of the wind. It's just that the Astros roster is better than the Yankees. And it's like, yes, it is. Everyone knew the Astros were the favorite coming into this series, but you had five seasons from 2017 to now to close the gap. 2015 to 17 to the Astros and Yankees met in the wild card game. The Yankees had a roster mostly made up of veterans at that point, but with Greg Bird and Rob Ref Snyder, LOL, and they lose that wild card game and the Astros rise and the Yankees rise and then they face each other again in the ALCS in 2017 and the Yankees fall. From that point to now, the Yankees have not gotten tangibly better, tangibly closer, and in fact, they've gotten tangibly much worse. This was the best rotation. The Yankees have ever brought into an ALCS with the Houston Astros. They got swept in four games. Jeremy Pena was the ALCS MVP. 
the Astros replaced their superstar shortstop, who was the main impetus of beating the Yankees in previous series. Carlos Correa was the ringleader. He walked in free agency. They brought Jeremy Pena in as the top prospect. He hit a back-breaking game-tying home run against S4. If you could break a back that's already broken in game four, down 3-0, he certainly did it. And he won the MVP award for the series. Meanwhile, Oswald Peraza, the Yankees' equivalent of Jeremy Pena, started one game in this series, looked overmatched on offense, never got a chance to really contribute down the stretch. Wasn't ready for playoff baseball. Anthony Volpe is supposed to be the Yankees' shortstop of the future. Haven't seen him yet. Oh, no. Again, Jeremy Pena already in the bigs, already dominating, already clutch, already having huge moments in the spotlight. The Yankees shortstops of the future aren't allowed to play. Isaiah Connor Faleva has to play, and he can make a reasonable pick on a Glaber Torres throw to second uh, to lead to a game-ending, pretty much botched double play to Astros' Ruby's follow. Um, And for once yesterday, the Yankees actually didn't fold. They go up 3-0. The the Astros punch right back, go up 4-3. Rizzo ties it, Bader homers. They're up 5-4. They actually fought back. They're trying to give the fans a moment. Then the defense collapses in the seventh, and then the offense just goes, all right, we're out. We tried. We came back once. We're not doing it again. Um, And (laughs) the the problem is something poisonous. There's something poisonous in the clubhouse. And I know it's it's not fun to say uh, because we all enjoyed the chemistry of the regular season of the first half. We all enjoyed Nestor Cortez saying Judge is our captain. We all enjoyed Rizzo supporting Judge. We all enjoyed Judge, Rizzo, Nestor, Bader all laughing with each other. Uh, but whatever the culture that this team has that is centered around Aaron Judge as the captain, which everybody agrees. Nestor's like, if he comes back, he's getting that C. I'm glad everybody likes him. That culture is responsible for zero wins in the ALCS, zero key moments this postseason, a bottom five offensive performance in playoff history. One of the five lowest batting averages in a postseason minimum of five games played in the history of baseball. So I love Aaron Judge. I love what he brings to the table. The Aaron Judge-centered team that just bows down to him, relies on him, considers him the non of the unofficial captain, whatever that team has built themselves up to at this point doesn't work. Yeah, we're missing Benintendi and DJ and some relievers. Absolutely. The Astros lost Correa, Springer, Keichel. Roberto Asuna was the closer. Roberto Asuna was the closer in 2019. He's gone. Michael Brantley gone. Uh, Ryan Stanek was dominant in this series in his one inning. They basically didn't even need him. They have too many bullpen pieces. Yankees would have had Ryan Stanek as their eighth inning guy if he was available. Like, the Astros have overflowing excess. Jose Urquidy has three career World Series wins. Not in the rotation right now. Didn't appear in this series. Like, the Astros have guys who dominate in the postseason who they don't even need. And the Yankees had three relievers they were able to rely on in this series. Uh, yeah, it, it's a fun little thought experiment to say, like, hmm, this series actually proved the two rosters aren't close. Interesting. Thanks for making that salient point. That's the problem. I didn't need to unearth that. It's an issue. Five-year uncorrected issue is surfacing once again. So pointing it out, great. Congratulations. Um, You know, that that doesn't make me feel any better. That's not some kind of salve like, oh, the Yankees lost because they're worse. I get it. Yeah, fix that. (laughs) Fix that. Fix that. Stomp on somebody's throat. Fix it. Go out and get somebody who makes you indisputably better. 
than the team that stands in your way every single year. Since 2009, the Phillies have made the postseason in 2010, 2011, and this year. They've gotten back to the World Series sooner than the Yankees. 15 of the 29 other teams have made the World Series since the Yankees made the World Series in 2009. Fix that. Since then, the New York Yankees have beaten the Twins and Cleveland in postseason series. They've also beaten the A's in the wildcard game. Other than that, they have not beaten a single franchise in a playoff series. The Astros have knocked them out of the playoffs four times, the Red Sox twice, the Rays once. These are your enemies. Beat them. And it's not getting any easier because this season was a surprise, right? Nobody picked the Yankees to win the East. People were picking them fourth behind Boston, Toronto, Tampa. Somehow they win the East. They're better than all of those teams. But look around. Who are you confident they're going to be better than next season? Certainly not the Jays. Maybe the Rays. Red Sox are close. Orioles are going to be much better this year than they were last year. The Mariners are everybody's favorite. The Guardians had a better ALDS than the Yankees, but the Yankees hit a couple more home runs and beat them and had home field advantage. But I would say the Astros... Guardians, Blue Jays, Rays, Orioles enter next season with better shot than the Yankees out of the AL. And you got the Mets, you got the Dodgers, you got the Padres, you got the Phillies, you got the Braves, you got the Cardinals. It's a lot of teams that should be better than the New York Yankees on paper next year. So now that you've blown your good vibes season, your 61 and 23 season, your first half surprise season, your 99 wins, Aaron Judge 62 home run season. You threw that one, balled it up, put it in the trash can, realized at the end of the day you're still not better than the Astros. Now you got to be better than the Astros next year, plus those 11 other teams that already have a leg up on the Yankees because their superstars are in, their core is more exciting. So best of luck to the New York Yankees. Your work is cut out for you. Um, and whatever you brought to the table this year, as special as it seemed in the early going, wasn't close to enough to get past the one team that actually mattered. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. 
Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Yeah, and every offseason, that's the, that's the crazy part, too. Every offseason, it feels like the work is cut out for them, right? Um, and every offseason, the depth is not supplemented properly, um, or you sign a guy like Matt Carpenter. Love Matt Carpenter. Matt Carpenter should have never been what he was for this team. Matt Carpenter was an emergency fun signing at the end of May and turned into such an integral player that when he went down with an injury, the Yankees offense cratered. Um, Same goes for Michael King. Michael King, tremendous reliever, finally found his footing, became an invaluable member of the back end of the bullpen. He goes down, everything collapses. Um, No other team, you look at teams all over the league, no other team deals with that. Every team can absorb an injury, a free agency departure, whatnot. The Yankees can't. And their their main guys who are here to stay, you know, the the core players, when you're talking, you know, who? Probably Judge, Stanton, Cole, um, DJ. uh, I think that's probably as far as I'll go at this point because everybody else kind of emerged this year when you're talking like Clay Holmes, Michael King, Nestor, uh, Nestor fully emerged this year. I know last year was fun, but this year was the actual year that Nestor kind of um, put himself on the map as a, as a true co-ace. Um, Glaber, you could consider a core piece, but his last two years were so bad. Um, those guys on a consistent basis um, have been unable to dig the Yankees out. And whether that's they've been able to, they've been unable to sink. Um, for example, John Carlos Stanton having a dominant 2020 ALDS Aaron Judge not, um, Giancarlo Stanton being absent for the 2019 ALCS, um, Garrett Cole being hampered for the AL wildcard game, um, uh, Garrett Cole not being able to have the defensive support he should have had in the ALCS, um, Aaron Judge disappearing in the ALCS, um, Glaber Torres doing whatever he's done the last couple of years. Um, it's been three years, actually, of subpar Glaber Torres play. And you want to say Glaber Torres had a good year this year? I mean, what do you consider good? You consider barely above average good? Okay, then that's cool. Um, he batted two fifty seven with a seven sixty one OPS. Um, didn't really didn't really move the needle as much as he needed him to. Um, as someone who's supposed – and again, it's a problem because the expectations are set high. He came on, dominated his first two years, and – the only place to go was downhill. You can't really get better than 38 homers in a season, especially, you know, when you're that young. Um, so you look at the Yankees core um, and then you look at the supporting cast members, Anthony Rizzo kind of gets the job done. Harrison Bader has now emerged to kind of get the job done. Um, uh, Nestor has proven that he's kind of up for the task and is able to perform in these situations. Um you have like the the one A guys doing the job. The top top guys are either not doing the job or not vibing with each other. And then you have the other depth pieces who are bad, improperly utilized, um, or not being played at all. I you know I'm seeing in the chat right here. Justin makes a good point. I think you know you said Praz looked overmatched. Yeah, he did look overmatched, and the reason was because the Yankees decided not to play him. They yeah, decided but- to leave him off the ALD roster. Both things can be true. Yeah. He was swinging out of his shoes. His timing was beyond off. Theoretically, your timing should not be that off if you're taking a week and a half off from baseball. 
Yeah, um, but that has nothing. That comment of saying he's overmatched has nothing to do with Peraza's talent level. Or yeah, no, not at all. At the big league level, he just was Yankees overmatched. Framber Valdez destroyed him because the Yankees benched him for several weeks and then said, "Go face a uh, guy with one of the best curveballs in baseball, most quality yeah. starts in the row in the history of baseball." Best of luck. Made a great play defensively, couldn't hit at all, and then found himself on the bench again the next game because the Yankees don't know what they want. Yeah. And that was the other thing. They don't know what they're doing. The I don't know. Again, you look at the situation. You're like, okay, is analytics making the call? I don't know. Is it? Apparently, IKF was the analytics guy. He doesn't start two elimination games in the DS. And now he's back for the elimination game in the CS. And then his poor route to second base combined with Glaber Torres's wide you know, toss ends up being the, the, the play that eliminates them. So what is it? And why are why is there no trust in prospects? You have these guys come up. Uh, Oswaldo Cabrera, a um, little bit of a rough go in the postseason, I'd say, outside of that home run. Yeah. Um, his defense was a little bit all over the place. But then again, you're starting him at shortstop in a when he's barely played shortstop all year at the big league level. So it's another bad decision by the Yankees. You're taking a guy out of his comfort zone who was dominating in the corner spots of the outfield. Um, and now you're asking him to play the most important position on the field in elimination games. He runs into Aaron Hicks. Um, uh, he, you know, in left field, he missed some, you know, no man's land fly balls that ended up doing the Yankees in on a multitude of, of occasions. Um, he disappeared at the plate outside of that two run Homer. Um, Oswald Peraza should have been, pl- he proved down the stretch in September that he was more than capable of taking over the shortstop position. He made great defensive plays, um, against the Astros um, in game two, I think it was. Yep. Um, and you were confident at that point that, oh man, like this guy can play. And then they don't play him again. Um, and then, you know, and then you have the elephant in the room, which is the manager, right? To me, this series was over after the Clark Schmidt decision in game one. Yeah. You had a 1 1 game. You had no business having it a 1 1 game. You went game, to five games. Game you should not be in. Game no you business. should not be in. But then you get the Aaron Judge diving catch and the Bader Homer. Yep. And then Tyone works out of trouble. And it, it's still 1 1 way later than it should be. And good teams can win those games. Uh, remember the 2013 Red Sox? Oh, no way they go to Detroit and win, you know, that series. No way. They're, they're tied 1 1 going to Detroit. Detroit's got the better pitchers in every game. And then Justin Verlander gets outdueled by John Lackey because Mike Napoli homers off him. They win one nothing. Like, uh, who, who is it? Craig Breslow locks that down out of the bullpen. Like, great teams come together and win games they shouldn't on occasion. The Yankees never do that in this generation and often don't win the games that they should, like Garrett Cole at home against Christian Javier. Yeah. And then that's that. That's another indictment on the Yankees. You get zero. You have you have one hit against Christian Javier, and then you, on you the season the one hit against Christian Javier because yeah. he no yeah. hit him in the other start. Yep. So one hit and two starts, pretty bad. Yeah. And when you're in these situations like Game One, right, where you have the opportunity to kind of set the tone, um, Aaron Boone there is clearly managing for the longevity of the series. And there's no need to manage for the longevity of the series because you're fucked either way. There's one off day in this entire series in a seven game series. No one's going to get the rest that they need. No one is going to get the proper rest they need. Wandy Peralta just became the first reliever to pitch in all five games of the ALDS ever. And he was the best reliever in the ALDS. So it doesn't really matter if you have to rest guys or not. It's every single night. You have to utilize your guys in with whatever pieces you're being dealt. Every team has to has to deal with that. Guys are available, guys are not. Manager's job to 
use their instinct to determine who is right for what, what certain scenario and whatnot. And you call on Clark Schmidt to save a playoff game on the road in a series swinging uh, affair and he falls flat on his face and you don't learn from that. Even though that should have never happened, we'll say, you know what? Get a pass, won the ALDS. That's water under the bridge at this point. Yeah. Then you bring him in again to relieve Jamison Tyone, who was at, you know, at 67 pitches, still had the ability to go and pitch. Um, and you call on Clark Schmidt to get you out of the jam. He gets you out of the jam, and then you try to steal more outs with him the next inning, and then you lose the game. So yeah, go go um, hang some one, two curveballs to the guy who does nothing but hit balls in the zone out to the Crawford boxes. Let's see yeah. how that goes. Like even after Schmidt gets that double play, right? It's you, you're kind of having trouble piecing together the rest of the game, but maybe more so than when Bader homered or when judge made that catch earlier in the game, you're like, we might actually steal this one. Like yeah. that double play is a huge moment and momentum Turner. You're texting your friends, all caps, the Clark Schmidt inning. And then let's bring him back out there for more, for more press your luck. You got Lou Trevino who throws like seven pitches a game, apparently. And I'm waiting for the postmortem on him because I'm sure he's hurt. The, the people, I saw some great points being made online this weekend. Trevino definitely still battling that back issue. Jose Trevino definitely still battling that toe issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think Josh Donaldson probably playing through something. They're going to say Aaron Judge was playing through something because he was so bad. But Lou Trevino, they acted like he's not available. They never use him. He throws seven pitches a game. Uh, and so I guess you're going to have to go to Loisaga for two Holmes for two in that scenario, covering the six, seven, eight, nine. But you know what? Do it then. <laughs> like, go do that. You got to win a game. Yeah. Um, and that's and that's another that's a it's a two prong problem here. Right. With when you're talking manager and um, and the, the not the uh, the lack of ability to actually deliver. So the offense being silent for as long as it was has had forced Aaron Boone into making a lot of consequential decisions. And Aaron Boone is not particularly good at that. So again, the vibes are off. One does not support the other Brian Cashman, another, another, another definition of the vibes makes seemingly the right move on paper with a number of trade deadline acquisitions that, should theoretically work. You look back on the Luis Castillo thing. It wasn't going to happen, guys. It just wasn't possible. They would have had to give up too much. It wouldn't have been worth it. They already had the good enough pitching, so they didn't necessarily need that. Goes out and he gets Montas. Montas gets hurt. Andrew Benintendi gets hurt. Scott Efros gets hurt. Partially bad luck. Partially, maybe this just isn't working anymore. Maybe the guy calling the shots for the last 25 years just doesn't really have it for what we need right now. You know, maybe the manager in the dugout is not well equipped to handle a roster that needs more of that emotional spark. um, And, you know, more of that uh, kind of talking to in, in difficult, in difficult scenarios, because we had one Aaron Boone blow up this year um, in a post-game presser when he slammed the table. um, And that was it. Players aren't held. Players still not really held accountable under Aaron Boone. He backed IKF all year. And am I opposed to backing your players? No, but when it's borderline delusional, um, you, you that that's not the right messaging that needs to be sent. And then you look at the younger guys coming up, the manner in which they debuted Peraza, um, uh, how they you know waited as long as they did to promote Volpe to AAA. 
um, how long they waited to bring Peraza up, how long, you know, all these other decisions that kind of play into the vibes of the team and the energy of the team. Um, yeah. And drunk's right. You watch the Phillies. I've been rooting for the Phillies this whole way. It's been one of the most exciting runs ever. And it's because the all of them are pumped. They're celebrating on the field. They're resilient. They've made so many fucking stupid defensive plays that would any other team, any other team would have been dead from that. And they've managed to rebound from it. Um, yeah. So you look at it that you look at that too. And it's like, I know it's different. You know, the Phillies came in with an underdog mentality. They were the last team in in the NL. Um, they have Aaron Nola and Zach yeah. Wheeler. So they know yeah. they can win on any given day and all they have exactly. to do is mash. And then they get up there and mash, but yeah. yeah. But they have the guys who, you know, they have guys like Harper who have never been this far and he's been dying to get this far. And then he watched the team that he left win the World Series the very next year. You have Kyle Schwarber who carried the Cubs in 2016. He came back from that torn ACL and all he did was hit the ball. If he's not on that team, they might not win the World Series. Um, and he's been dying to get back to the to the postseason. And, you know, he had unfinished business after going to the ALCS with the Red Sox the year before. Um so, uh, and then you look, there's so many guys on the Phillies roster too, who JT Real Muto, you know, Nick Castellanos, you can go down the list where there's a hunger, there's a desire. These guys more times than not are outspoken and are, you know, accountable for what, you know, what, their struggles and what they're doing. Um, and it, and they, they manage to make it work. They, there, there's a cohesion there clearly that a team like the Yankees should have a team like the Yankees who have had Giancarlo Stanton, Aaron Judge. DJ LeMahieu, um, Glaber Torres, um, all these guys for years and years, and there is still a lack of that chemistry that you need. Um, the Yankees pitching finally comes together, and then it's just you're missing. There, there's something missing, and to me, that's where the front office decisions that could affect the morale of the roster weighs in. You talk about the Jordan Montgomery trade, even though that theoretically worked out. I think a lot of players are blindsided by that. Um, you look at the not rewarding the players who are playing better, um, which has been a problem with the Yankees for years now, as long as we have four years at least. Um, and then you look at Aaron Boone, who I just we don't think is a motivator. I think most people just he's not a motivator. He's a player. He's a he's a people pleasing players manager. Um, and I don't know why that that's the vibe the Yankees want. Um, they're so concerned with image, it seems that, you know, that, that they miss the mark and they end up actually hurting their image because of it. Um, but when you look at the totality of it, it really just comes down to the vibes and the energy and the morale. Um, because on no planet should this team who has gotten embarrassed, trolled, punked by the Astros as many times as they have should get swept in four games, including a decisive game three with your best pitcher on the mound and you score zero runs. That tells me that there are much bigger, regardless of who you're missing in the lineup, there should be motivation to score a run to get a hit um, against a pitcher who is very much hittable. Um, it's not like they were starting Verlander again. Um, so th that's why these problems run deeper. And I think it's the, you know, it's the, it's the continuity up top that doesn't change. It hasn't changed in, it hasn't changed in two decades. The same guys are there since 2000, 2001. No other front office is like that. Look throughout the league. The Red Sox have been through fucking 12 regime changes. It's gotten them four world series. It's like, they got to figure some shit out. It's insane. Um, and, and like here, the, the thing that kills me is like every postseason we get on and we're like, Boone made this mistake. Boone made that mistake. And then at mm -hmm. the end of it, it's like, is Boone going to get fired? No. Could we do better? Yes. 
Yeah. Would they do better? I don't know. I don't know if they would ever do better than Aaron Boone. It, it, like, would they bring in another company man? Would they bring in Don Mattingly or some legacy play that's going to be just as bad for the Yankees? I honestly don't know. But what I do know is that Aaron Boone has not improved at managing over the span of his time for the Yankees from 2018 to 2022. So how much longer can I go? I like him. I feel bad. He's not the main problem with the Yankees. Let's give him another shot. He's not the main problem with the Yankees. Oh. The Yankees offense is the main problem with the Yankees. What Brian Cashman did and the way he allocated funds is the main problem with the Yankees. Hal Steinbrenner not being willing to go the extra mile is the main problem with the Yankees. But when push comes to shove and Aaron Boone's in a playoff series, he gets outmanaged by the other guy every single time. Alex Cora, Dusty Baker, A.J. Hinch, all of these guys Kevin have Aaron Cash. Boone's number. Kevin Cash, uh, everybody except for Rocco Baldelli and Paul Molitor <laughs> apparently can outmanage Aaron Boone. Tito had a terrible game five of the ALDS. Yeah. Uh, so Aaron Boone can thank Terry but up until that point, he was being outmanaged. Yeah. Oh, you know, we're just going to go with Aaron Savali. Oh, he's been with us all year. I mean, I don't know what you're doing there, but you basically handed us a chance to beat the Astros, and we said, no, we can't do it. Um, I I can't name something Aaron Boone's done well in these series. Like, if I want to go like, well, he struggled, you know, with bullpen management and the Clark Schmidt thing, but give him props. He did TK. Like, I don't know what that is. I can't fill in that gap. Um, The the Cashman thing, if it were up to me, I'd fire Aaron Boone. I would bring in somebody people respect. Matt Quattraro with the Rays keeps getting these interviews. Joe Espada, the Astros coach, who used to be a Yankees coach, who he let out of the building to go to Houston. I would like him to be the Yankees manager, it seems. That might be smart. Uh, Somebody with any experience whatsoever might be nice. Um, Rob Thompson single-handedly took the Phillies over and brought him to the World Series this year. Another Yankee, longtime Yankee coach couldn't possibly fathom giving him the job and i thought at the time (laughs) when we fired joe girardi i actually thought like well why would we elevate a guy from his regime to take over like aren't we looking for a clean break but then we got aaron boone and i was like whoa not that clean not that clean a break don't do that um i was willing to give him a chance and it didn't work out brian cashman is spending bryce harbour's money this year on josh donaldson that's a fact yeah. He's unwilling to spend uh, the you know whatever money it would take to get the late 30s of Bryce Harper, but he's perfectly willing to eat Minnesota's mistake and get Josh Donaldson now. Now Josh Donaldson regressed in his late 30s. Yeah, in his in his actual late 30s. Uh, Josh Donaldson regressed this year. He was much better last year. The player Brian Cashman acquired was not the player who stands on your roster today. But that said, late 30s regression happens, and it happened on our watch. Instead of getting the prime years of guys like Harper and Manny Machado, who both, to varying degrees, wanted to come here. Bryce Harper was like, Mickey Mantle's my hero, and I want to play for the Yankees. I want to wear pinstripes. Doesn't get more obvious than that. And the Yankees were like, uh, no. And then uh, the Phillies were like, did you say that uh, Jim Tomei was your hero? And he was like, no, I said Mickey Mantle. And they were like, we're the only people who want to pay you. And he was like, oh, okay, fine. Jim Tomei's my hero. Um I think Brian Cashman needs to be elevated off the GM role into a promotion that is like overseer of, of uh, you know, bathroom napkins or some <laughs> ceremonial job. And then the GM is, is a forward thinker, somebody who's more in tune with the modern game. Like props on Wandy Peralta, props on Harrison Bader, like people in the Twitter I'm replies so today. Home. People in the Twitter replies today giving Aaron Boone prop, Aaron Boone, giving Brian Cashman props on these tiny little steals that have helped flesh out the roster. Great, but nail the big ones too. You've got to nail the big ones too. And he doesn't. So to me, it goes higher than Boone, but I also have no argument for retaining Boone. 
Yeah, no, neither do I. But it, do, it yeah, it goes higher than Boone because who's who? Boone, the the selection of Boone was the people running the show. Um, so they once again an instinct thing where you go back to the Joey Gallo trade, where reports came out where Cashman was warned about his fit in the clubhouse and his ability to handle New York. Um, ignored because they saw, okay, well, he's going to strike out a lot. He's going to also going to walk a lot. He's going to hit homers. Turns out he only struck out a lot and he did nothing else. Um, so, uh, again, and, and, and you go to the Montgomery trade, you blindside one of your homegrown, your homegrown talents, whether you trade him or not, whether it worked out or not, that's still the wrong thing to do from a, from a employee, you know, employee employer relationship, you know, situation. Um, what other fucking trades has he made that is that have absolutely <laughs> like we could go we could go through so what many other of fucking shit did this guy do? Yeah, I, I like, mean the, the I I like I it I, but, like I don't even need to, <laughs> I don't even need to talk trades like. Aaron, the Aaron Boone hire was supposed to be all about communication, right? It was yeah. like, well, you know, it, it doesn't matter. He'll learn the in-game stuff, and he needs to be a communication genius. And I think there are some people in the locker room who like him. But Garrett Cole gets pulled for Lou Trevino, brushes him off, doesn't look at him, gives him the ball. Uh, Luis Severino actively hates him and is like, you got to ask him why he didn't put Clay Holmes in. I don't know, man. That's my closer. You put the closer in, right? Isn't that the smart thing? Yeah. Uh, like, I, I, multiple times – he the, Bader Bader? the Bader thing, the Bader thing, the Gary Sanchez benching in 2020. Yeah, he calls out Harrison Bader for not knowing he's st- he's leading off, and it's like some people are more diligent about checking the lineup than other guys. Why? He's like he's hitting 600 this postseason with six homers. The one guy that you don't want to be upset with um, is Harrison Bader, and and Aaron Boone had like he somehow had COVID 20 for all of September and October. It's just coughing in every post game press conference. He's sick the whole time. Like somebody just relieved this man of his duties. And, and like Mike Luciano in the comments, bringing up Thompson and Espada again, yeah. Espada is available. He's interviewing with Miami and Chicago. He's going to be a manager next year. You, the sooner you let Boone go, the sooner you can get involved in that mix. I also saw something today saying Raul Banez had an incredible interview with the Marlins, but the timing is not right. Uh, so maybe you go to Raul Banez and see if the timing is right. Anything. I would love somebody with previous experience, but if people are wowing in interviews, go talk to them, expand your horizons. Too many people saying let's do Jeter and Don Mattingly. I don't think two people who didn't get together and work well together in Miami are going to go to New York and suddenly work well together, but getting Derek Jeter more involved wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. GM. No, but getting him in the building, special advisor, special advisor, help me. Derek Jeter's first move as the special advisor of the Yankees. Hey, don't show anyone the highlights from our collapse in 2004. Everybody in the locker room dumbfounded. They're like, wait, you wouldn't wouldn't have done that? Everybody's like, Mr. Captain, you you wouldn't have shown them a a colossal franchise failure? And he's like, no, that's embarrassing. And then they're like, diligently taking notes. They're like, "Uh, embarrassing to show failures. Got it. Oh my God, we never thought of that. Yeah, I don't know how that's – you want to talk about another vibe morale check, you have that. That's what they did. They decided to motivate their players with the worst collapse in their postseason's history. Imagine getting them to look at it. Yeah, like what what do they have to do to get them to look at it? Like, no, 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 don't leave. Not motivating them to be like, this can't fucking happen again, and you're going to watch this because you're going to know it can't happen again. It was, look, this happened to us, and we should try to make what happened to us happen to these other guys. And then they're like – everyone's probably like, what? What do you mean? 
Why would I do None that? of us were here oh. in 2004. We weren't on the roster. That didn't happen to us. That happened to like another generation. What are you? What are you talking about? It's, and, just, yeah, it's like no one. And Boone openly says that to the media. He openly defends. Jo- he said the other day. Well, he well, he openly defended ICAP all year, and then he said the other day he was confused by the critique of Josh Donaldson this postseason because it's been a collective struggle. Two hilarious things in there. One, you're you're confused as are you not watching the game? Josh Donaldson's not picking the bat up off his shoulder. He's swinging through 94 mile an hour middle middle pitches, um, and he's looking for walks when no pitcher is going. No pitcher is afraid of walking him. Three two counts are throwing a strike every time, and he's looking at it every time. So, and then you talk really. about it being a yeah, and then you talk about being in a, collect, a collective effort. Why is it a collective struggle? Is that because the guys in the room are not receptive to the voice that's that's speaking to them before each and every game? Are they not confident because the fucking lineup is changing every five seconds? Are they not confident because um, you know that there's questionable bullpen decisions being made made and trust not being put in the guys that the players feel should have the trust put within them? I don't know. I don't know what the players are thinking, but. If you're sitting on your couch and you're wondering these things, it's it's you have to think maybe the players have have been fed up to a certain extent. There's no reason that they shouldn't. If you're sitting at home and you're frustrated with what's going on, you think the players are fine with what's going on? I mean, maybe, and then maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe they're just apathetic and they don't give a shit. Um, but yeah, Aaron Boone just saying the wrong things, not not you know not holding guys accountable. Um, Josh Donaldson said, you know, he was taking pride in his at-bats. He was seeing a lot of pitches, seeing a lot of pitches, batting 172, striking out 17 times. He had uh, one hit in the ALCS. Thanks hit. for your service. He struck out 10 times in 13 at-bats. Salute to you, King. You're the next captain of the Yankees. Uh, supposed to bring the – yeah. Uh, you, you cannot dream up a worse move than Josh Donaldson. Cost the team a ton of money, hamstrung them for making other signings. And everybody else can say, oh, it shouldn't hamstring the Yankees because they have endless money. Yeah, it shouldn't, but it does. They choose uh, then, to have it hamstring them. Yeah, it's their decision, and they're getting hamstrung on purpose. Um, and then he's supposed to bring edge to the team, and instead he's racist in the middle of May. Uh, then his <laughs> he, he doesn't get defended by his teammates, and he's like, I wish they defended me for being racist more. And then he shows up, and he can't hit. And then he hits one for 13 with 10Ks in the ALCS, and now he goes away. And Aaron Boone's with his COVID-20, is like, uh, I think, uh, you know, he got snubbed from the gold glove. Yeah, maybe. I don't give a shit. Like, who cares who got snubbed from the fakest award? Just go win some games. <laughs> um, players who are definitely gone next year, just very quickly. Like, Do a quick adios. Donaldson should be, but he won't be, because who's taking that money on? You're just going to have to bench him. DJ probably comes back. IKF's got to go, I think. And the home crowd has turned it into an Aaron Hicks situation. Yeah. And the botch play at short sort of ends that discussion. Hicks got to go. Uh, ben Intendi probably not coming back, probably too pricey, especially if they re-sign Aaron Judge. Rizzo opting out, and good for him. Uh, I loved having Anthony Rizzo on this team, but if somebody wants to pay him more money, I guess, sure. There's a lot going on in the infield, and, and that maybe clears a spot. I would love to have Anthony Rizzo back. Yeah. If he's going to opt out and somebody wants to pay him $60 million as his range declines, sure. It was a good era. It was a good run while it lasted. Uh, Glaber Torres, I think, is as good as traded. Um, and then Aroldis Chapman and Zach Britton beyond gone. Aroldis Chapman will be taking a pillow contract with one of the worst teams in baseball next year. And I wish him the worst. I hope it goes poorly for him. Yep. Tyone's gone. Chad Green's gone. Yep. Um, maybe Matt Carpenter comes back. Uh, Miguel Castro's probably gone. I don't know why they would re sign him. Yep. Um, 
especially if they think they can get cheaper bullpen help either on the trade market or finding diamonds in the rough or elevating some of these minor league guys. You know, Weissert's probably going to have a bigger role next year. Um, uh, who is that dude uh, that we that you chronicled at the end of the year who had the best whip? Uh, oh, prospect. Yeah, I actually yeah. forget that guy's name. Forget his name. Uh, Matt, should... Matt Crook is great at AAA too. Yeah. We never use him. Yeah, no, there's there's going to be options, and I don't know why. You know, I think this team's going to look a lot different next year. But once again, I don't know who takes Donaldson's money. I don't know who takes Hicks's money. Um, and fans, talk to me. Let's talk about this. I don't know why you're confident that Anthony Rizzo might resign. That guy has no reason to stay here. Someone said he likes Central Park. Yeah, I like fucking Central Park too. I moved out of the city. I had no yeah. choice. Someone offered me more money and a, you know a better cost of living. Yeah, I, I, you could walk your dog anywhere. There's a lot of parks in the world. Central Park's a nice one if you experience it for two years. I think that's kind of that's enough. Um, but yeah, I like money. Yeah, exactly. I don't know why. I, I, there's a lot of confidence that Anthony Rizzo is going to return, and he wants one more contract. And I think this year. He probably proved he can get that maybe nice three-year that three-year pillow deal that'll take him into his mid-30s, that'll give him his one last payday. The Yankees are not giving that to him. That's why they gave him a one-year with a player option last year. If they wanted Anthony Rizzo last year, they would have signed him to a longer-term deal. Deal. And you think that this offseason, when they have Aaron Judge as a priority, they're losing multiple star they're potentially losing multiple starting pitchers. They have to figure out a way to get other salaries off the books that are hamstringing them they have essentially almost uh maybe 70 percent of the bullpen to completely remodel an entire bench to remodel and you think anthony rizzo's a layup to return okay sure i wish i had that optimism i really wish i do um but yeah this is going to look a lot different i think we can go down the list here confidently say britain gone chapman gone benintendi probably gone um I think at this point you have to move on from IKF um, because he's at least salary cost effective. Someone I think will take a chance on him as a utility guy. He'll um, start 110 games for somebody and be yeah. fine. Chad Green gone, Miguel Castro gone, um, and then all the others I think are up in the air in terms of you know who can you get rid of, who is going to take, who's going to another another injured Aaron Hicks season. He always find there's always something. There's always. A team is not going to take on another $30 million of Aaron Hicks because, A, with how bad he's playing, and, B, how injury-prone he's been. Um, I don't know who would theoretically take on Donaldson because he has – officially, if we look at it this way, he has a $21.75 million base salary for next year and an $8 million buyout for 2024 with a $16 million team option. Um, so maybe some other team bites the bullet and says, okay, I'll pay – I'll pay $37 million for Josh Donaldson over two years, but I don't know who's doing that. Once again, uh, you probably have to eat salary in that situation or surrender a pro- uh, prospect. Um, this is fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> Seinfeld finale aired, and then Brian Cashman was like, great, I'm going to learn nothing about how baseball works from now till Holy 2023. Shit. Yeah. Oh my God. But yeah. And then yeah, Carpenter, I don't know if he comes back. I don't know. Yeah. I just don't know. I think that there's going to need to be, there's just going to need to be more. There's got to be more. And, and Glaber, I think is gone. I think Glaber is gone. gone. If you ask me, um, he has a little bit of value. He didn't have a terrible year. Um, I think he's a good second baseman. I think he's a good second baseman. I just don't think that, um, uh, I just, I just don't think New York's the place for him. 
um, based there's on what just we've a world where there's a world where he's a perfect complement in this lineup where he's going yeah. off all the time. That world yep. just does not materialize often enough. And in the past, he's been an incredible playoff performer. This September, he was awesome. This October, he was terrible. And so it yeah. makes it easier to say goodbye. Yeah, it's a situation where he seems like a great complimentary piece, and then you would expect him to step up in the event you lose a DJ LeMahieu, an Andrew Benintendi, um, a Giancarlo Stanton for uh, a month and a half, um, and whatnot. And it's hasn't really been the case for the last three years. Um, and you know, you want to talk about a guy on a cost-effective salary? He's probably going to make between eight and ten million next year. Um, control through 2024, I think teams are going to value that. Maybe you get a pitcher out of that. Maybe you get, I don't know. But, yep, expect this roster to look differently, folks. I hope you enjoyed the 2022 Yankees because uh, they are no more. It'll be an exciting offseason for a multitude of reasons. We're not sure yet if they're going to come back stronger or if they're going to come back with another roster that nobody believes in and gets picked to finish fourth and then rampages the division or nobody believes in and gets picked to finish fourth and finishes fifth. We just have no idea. Uh, We'd love some real change at the top. Crossing our fingers a little too hard. The Yes Network guys really took Aaron Boone to task at the end of game three. Does that mean anything? Does that mean he's about to get scapegoated? And then Brian Cashman will remain in his position and get elevated, get to pick the next manager. Does that mean Brian Cashman gets to stay out of the shortstop market again this offseason? Does that mean Brian Cashman gets to close the game? Yes, did you see that report? uh, That he's coming back? Yeah. No, the report that Cashman's staying out of the shortstop market. Yeah, absolutely. If he comes yeah. back, he's not going to entertain the shortstop guys at all. Yep. And that's what we've heard so far. Um, so lots to come this offseason. We'll find out yet if it's unpleasant but sneaky good or unpleasant and plainly unpleasant. Uh, the guy I was talking about, by the way, was Matt Minnick. 0.75 whip this year. Best whip in the minors. 26 years old. Probably time to give him a shot. Greg Weissert, how did he not get into a game? Even the 5 nothing game. Put him in a game. What's going on? Mango Herman. Miguel Castro was like their best reliever in this series, except for Loizaga. Shout out to Loizaga. Yeah, Loizaga. Shout out to Loizaga, Rizzo, Nestor Cortez, and his injured groin. You showed up. Probably should have left earlier tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yesterday. Yes, but uh, Leave early tomorrow, too. Plenty of time to leave. Leave. Yeah, I can't wait for your press conference. Leave early. Uh, hopefully, you stay with the Yankees and Cashman doesn't sell high on you. That would be way less fun than if you got to yeah, hang geez. around. Uh, what an unpleasant season, hopefully followed by at least an interesting offseason. We will be here every Monday and Thursday talking you through it. Uh, Two o'clock Eastern time. The stream starts on YouTube and then we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, all the spots you get your podcast after that. Shout out to all our listeners and commenters. You guys keep this going. Please keep weighing in, letting us know what you want to hear. We're happy to talk about it. Not every episode will be as depressing as this one. Until next time, I'm Adam Weinerb. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinerb. Thomas Carinante, we're going to find folks who are looking for both of us on Twitter. Find you. Ooh, find me at, at Tommy's underscore takes. Find us at the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. Um, head on over to YanksGoYard.com where we already got the offseason content in gear. Um, been utilizing that comment section, seeing what fans are saying. Um, great place for discussion. Great place for us to kind of refine our ideas and talk about a multitude of things. Um, get you guys involved. Um, yeah. Rip to the 2022 Yankees. Um, once again, call me out all you want. I am happy it is over. Um, I did not need a game four victory to get stomped in game five. I did not need a game three and four victory to lose games five and six um, because you knew it was happening. You knew this was doomed from the start. It was mismanaged from the beginning. The players were not delivering on what they needed to from the beginning. 
Um, and it's better. It just ends sooner because the result is inevitable. And honestly, honestly, as a fan who's been watching a ton of baseball over these last like six years, I don't think the Yankees beat the Phillies, even if they get to the world series. No. So it's a completely different, two different vibe teams. You have one bad vibe. You have one tremendous vibe. I don't think it was happening. So either way, yes, you want to get to the world series. The silver lining here is that you didn't get there, and maybe there are some overarching changes that are made. Maybe Brian Cashman does become head of bathroom napkins guy. You never know. And then we could be talking about a completely different set of standards in the Bronx. We can hope for it. Don't think it's going to happen. But, hey, we'll see what the conversation holds for us next time, Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern, live right here, folks. Yeah, absolutely never know. Yeah, the Yanks weren't beating the Phillies. Uh, there, uh, Sucker me last night was like, when they were up three nothing, I was like, it might be nice to, you know, win this, win tomorrow, at least make Houston win it in Houston. <laughs> like we're not gonna win the series, but at least go back to Houston so when they celebrate it's on their home field. No, IKF defensive meltdown, bullpen blow up, swept in four. Uh should usher in real change. Probably won't. Either way, we'll see you on Thursday. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corian's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corian.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corian.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.